Welcome to the UK Fantasy NFL Show. I'm your league champion, Adam Best, here with two other league members, Sam Best and Alex Deakin. How are we going, boys? Good, thank you. How are you? I don't think we've done a uh, podcast since you got engaged, so congratulations on that. Has it really been that long? I think yeah, it has. It's been a while. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, congratulations in order. I'm sure our viewers will be sending them to you. Right. Let's get on to the... Um, the intro segment where we talk about the latest NFL news um, should probably be renamed the um, Aaron Rodgers segment, the way it's been going this off season. Um, he's been, he was supposedly offered a two year extension, which he declined, which would have made him the highest paid quarterback in the league. Um, so it shows that he's not, he's not there for just a new contract. He's not there for an extension and getting more money. He, um, he wants out of green Bay. Pretty big, pretty big news. Um, yeah, originally I would I was suggesting that it, it was maybe uh, the money more than anything else. Just felt a bit disrespected there. I don't think that's changed. I think the disrespect, maybe it's just too little too late from Green Bay. He's like, nah, tell you what, I've dealt with this for too long. I'm, I'm out of it. Yeah, I think he's in a really tough spot, though, because I think that obviously there's rumours always circulating, which I'm sure he sees from teams like, I think there was a, a few days ago, the Raiders were apparently ready to make a move and then it seems to go hot and cold. And if you're someone like him who thinks, actually, I can get out of here and I can go to a project that I want to be part of and then you keep hearing these rumours, you're going to kind of put it off as long as possible, I think. And that's probably what he's doing. I think he'll be in Green Bay come the season, but never know. That's the point, to be fair. You might be thinking, oh, they've offered me that. They still want me. I can string them along for a bit, see what deals yeah. come, come along. Something suits him, then he'll go for it. What this tells us is that he is not absolutely committed to staying in Green Bay. Definitely not. Oh, definitely not. So, um, yeah, yeah, hopefully, I, I quite like a move in just out of an interest sort of point of view, and it makes it definitely makes fantasy very interesting because changes a lot of things, a lot of moving parts with uh, Rogers' move. Yeah, I think I think it shows really where his um, where his priorities lie, and that he. he he really just wants out of Green Bay and is fed up with whether it's the coaching staff or, I mean, it, presumably it would be the coaching staff and the floor. I think the most likely outcome this year, if he doesn't, I can't see him getting a move this late to another team. Um, I think the most likely move is probably that he sits out the season, which I think will anger fans more than anything. I don't think he'll do that. I, I just, I can't see, I think if he's, you know, he's gone so far now, he would look like an idiot just sheepishly walking back into into the room and into the changing room. He's going to lose the respect of his players. I don't think he just walks back in and pretends everything normal and, and plays for them again this year. Something I saw, and I can't remember who put it on Twitter, but they said that teams might be holding out for the Deshaun Watson verdict before they make moves for Aaron Rodgers. Because in a way, if you're the Broncos and all this Watson stuff gets cleared or whatever, you can get to Sean Watson, arguably top seven QB in the league for half the price of Aaron Rodgers. You might want to make that move instead. So that might be why teams are still holding off on saying anything, especially the Broncos who have been linked with both of them, who are probably the most likely to get one of the two. I guess if Watson isn't going to play this season they'll go for Rodgers but if he is it might be a bit of a tougher choice so maybe something like that could happen in the in the coming month or so yeah it depends how much teams want a naughty boy well if he's innocent then I guess they, they'll take it as that regardless of, of what yeah I mean yeah, I think they're more inclined to ignore it when it's to Sean Watson if it was if it was Drew Locke who had done all these horrific <laughs> things then yeah. they probably would have just kicked him off the team but when it's when it's to Sean Watson the, the moral compass goes the, out the, a little bit the blind eye comes out, mm. as it does with hundreds of players across the NFL. I think that takes us quite nicely onto our next section. I'm yeah, yeah, I was going to say another naughty boy in um, Richard Sherman <laughs> coming out in the in the last couple of weeks. Uh, obviously, current free agent from um, from the 49 and and your team Seahawks fame as well. So he's he's gone down for five charges of domestic violence and driving under the influence. Do you think this is the end for for Richard Sherman, or do you think he'll find a team? <laughs> this this sounds really bad. 
it's not the worst thing that an NFL player's done. No, no, that it's, is true. It's, it's really not. not. It's really not the worst um, thing. Yeah, I would, I'd, I would like him back as a player at the Seahawks, but um, yeah, naughty boy. Not sure I'd be a fan of him getting getting another chance. I don't yeah. think players deserve it. But. I think also that what's been highlighted a lot around this case is is the mental health and his mental health. Obviously, it doesn't justify what happened, but I know he put out, did he put out an apology highlighting yeah, he's going to get help? And I think that obviously the whole mental health side of it, I think that probably leads towards him not coming back because I think if it is that, then I can't see him want, he definitely won't be playing this season, definitely not. And I think by the time you've had a whole year off, You've gone through all of this. I can't see him coming back, to be honest. And I think it's probably best for him and for everyone involved if he doesn't come back, especially if it is mental health struggles. You just, you know, I don't think the NFL is the place to be, to be honest. A few more bashes on the head, it might not do him any good. I guess it um, sort of semi-shows if that's the front for what's going on. If he does just bounce back into the league and starts playing and he's fine, you know, yeah. it's like, well, you just said that to <laughs> get. But yeah, I guess we'll see. Yeah, um, so uh, the big news, which I always leave for last um, this week, massively fantasy relevant as well. Um, I'm absolutely gutted. I think he would have been a really exciting player this year. Cam Akers expected to miss at least the majority of the season, if not all the season, with a ruptured Achilles. Um, I mean, the big fantasy question is who takes over in LA? It's such a tough one because... You, just because someone takes over doesn't necessarily mean they have the ceiling that the player who was in their place had. I think it'll be Daryl Henderson. He did get a fair few snaps last year. I actually had him just as a sort of bench warmer. And he got, he, at times he was getting 10 points. He's all he's all right. But I think that if you're, if you're the Rams right now and you're looking at your offense and you've just lost your, your priority cam makers, I think your priority and your whole shift goes towards those two receivers who we'll get on to later. I don't think it pushes either of them up particularly far because I think they were going to get action anyway. But I think, yeah, it's obviously really gutting. And it seems to be that every season we there's always one running back that we all get excited for, whether it's CMC, Barkley, you know, even um, Mixon last year. And they just seem to get injured. And it's really gutting because I think that this would have been his breakout year. And the fact he's missed his breakout year could have a huge impact long term. So if you're, you know, also on Dynasty League, what do you do on a Dynasty League? Do you still pick him and have him? Because obviously he's got a future ahead of him. I wouldn't just leave him there unless you sort of exclude him completely and just have him as a as a draft pick for the new season. I don't know, it's an idea. Yeah, I, yeah, devastating really. That I mean, this this news broke today. Um, when we're recording this podcast. So I've, I've done a little bit of a look, and um, on ESPN's depth chart, it said that Daryl Henderson was questionable. What I, don't know. I couldn't find anything else on that. I don't know if that was just for the last game last season, maybe. Possibly. Um, I couldn't find anything further on that, but that is def- if that is current and up-to-date news, which I haven't been able to find anything on for the uh, half an hour at work that I managed to scroll on my phone and have a look. Um, but... If that's the case, then really it, it's, a, it's a problem for Rams. This this is the Cam Akers is a very, very good running back. And I agree, I don't think they're going to get a massive uptick at the wide receiver. This just takes out one massive chunk of their offense. Agreed. Um, it could be a real a real problem for the Rams, actually. For, four to six months, it's said, uh, for a recovery to get back to moving. So I think being back to playing is more like, Six to eight, I think, is, is what, I, what I when I uh, did a little bit of research on Achilles Achilles rupture. So yeah, yeah most of the season, if not all of it. Yeah, I mean, it's going to have a huge impact on that offense, isn't it? I mean, a running game is is really integral to the Rams and has been for a number of years. And you saw Cam Akers, they almost held him back a little bit towards the end of last year, and then really used him towards the playoffs in the latter end of the season. And he looked really, really talented and impressive. The one thing that sprung to mind was I don't think they're just going to, you know, they got rid of Malcolm Brown um, in the offseason as well. So they're literally relying on Daryl Henderson. They must be looking at the free agency block. And the name that pops out of that free agency is Todd Gurley, obviously a, a Rams legend. How amazing would that be to see him back in L.A.? I mean, he was he was incredible when he was there. And for one season, he was a top five or well, two years ago. He was a top five running back pick. He isn't now. Um, 
but he was. Uh, so that shows you how good he he can be, and how good he was in that system. I think the one thing about a team like the Rams is when you've got they're an all round solid team. I don't see any glaring weakness. You know, okay, they've not got the great, you know, they're not the greatest tight end in the world, but in general, like good O line, good defense, better QB. I think you can more or less stick anyone talented in that system and they will be insane. And I think Gurley's obviously talented, he's quick, he's so athletic, it's unbelievable. And I think last year with the Falcons, his problem was the stop start offense just doesn't suit him. The way that you just need to let him, you need to put a, you know, a good O line from him, just let him run. And I, the Falcons didn't let him do that. Obviously, it was all a bit uh, all over the shop. I think he would suit the system, but like Sam said, there's there's no way he's reaching that level that he had sort of three years ago. But you know, he's still a good player and he's fun to watch. So from an NFL perspective, it'd be be quite fun. Yeah, yeah. if they if they end up getting Gurley, I think the caveat would be I, I wouldn't expect him just to slot back in that offense and have a leading role I think he would still be you know he would be a, whoever comes in whether it be Gurley or someone else and you'd expect someone would come in it it will be a rotation role with them and Daryl Henderson um, almost similar to how Malcolm Brown worked with Daryl Henderson and then Cam Akers coming in a little bit with that three-headed dragon for the first part of the season last year Todd Gurley it would be a really good story and stories mean something in the NFL it, in football over here a story doesn't really mean anything. You still have to turn up, you still have to play. It does seem to hype the players up more. When they when they play a team they've played, they always play better. Like, it's genuine fantasy consideration if there's a rivalry there. Mm-hmm. And um, him coming back would be a good story, and that might, might pump him up. Yeah, I completely agree. So, going on to the plan for this week... Um, <laughs> It's Alex's turn to pick a pick a group of twelve players, and up to me and Sam to try and try and change his mind, move some players up, move some players down. Um, so he's got the task, the hard task of picking the wide receiver twos this week, which is a, you know a lottery, and I'll be interested to see who he's got in there. Um, so we're going to go for each pick, say who's above and below them, and then it's up to me and Sam to try and convince Alex uh, to move them one way or the other. Um, we'll start at twenty four and twenty three. Alex, who you got? So for 24 it was tough there's a couple of people I want to, who were in the list at 24 that obviously need to be mentioned Devonta Smith you know he looks incredible Heisman winner but I just think my concern is is he going to be wide receiver one from week one maybe not Jamar Chase literally the same he's a brilliant player but will he be wide receiver one and then Robbie Anderson as well who's not in the list who I just again I worry whether he's going to be wide receiver one and that's literally the only reasons those three missed out but 24 I've got Kenny Galladay the thing with Kenny Galladay is obviously he's moved to the Giants and what I like is that he's going to be the out and out wide receiver one he is by far the most talented receiver there and last season he he only played five games for the Lions in the whole season one one game he got zero points, but he got injured after just four um, targets, so it's kind of irrelevant. But in all four of his other games, he got double-digit points, 14 or more points in all four of the games, and he was playing on the Lions. You know, he had, he, you know, he's, I think he's, you know, you have Matt Stafford throwing to him. I just think he's a very talented receiver who will do well, and I like him, but I wouldn't put him above anyone else in this list. And at 23, CeeDee Lamb, He's obviously talented, but I just it's the Cowboys, and that's what I don't like about him. It's the Cowboys, and he's the wide receiver too, and I think that does mean a lot in a fantasy context. I think it limits him massively, 20 points maximum a week, and I don't even think he'll be at that. So, yeah, that's 24 and 23. All right, well, I personally keep them there. I do think Lamb is higher than Conday. I think Lamb's skill level is unreal, and... I don't want to just pick out one catch because one catch does not make a good fantasy player. But that catch, I can't remember who he was playing, but when he spanned back around, caught it in the corner of the end zone. And there's literally a handful of players that can pull that off. Him and Justin Jefferson are pretty much the only two I back to do that. Maybe D-Hop as well. He's got very good hands, but he's not as athletic as that. I think he's, he's an absolutely incredible. He's obviously still very young, very new to the league. He's shown that he can do it. I don't agree that he is going to be wide receiver too. Like he is on paper now, but three games into the season, that could quickly change. Mm-hmm. Like with that skill level, and he's come into the league, and he's coming to the league with a, with a bit of a bang. He, he's got the ability. Um, I think that could change. I think he could be a wide receiver one for 
the Cowboys by mid-season. So I keep yeah. him above Galladay for me. Yeah, I, mean, I agree with the positioning there. Um, Galladay, I wouldn't have had Galladay and I'd have had Devonta Smith in. But I, I think that a part of that is just the hype behind it. And I can see why you've kept Galladay in because he, you know, he's, he's a reassuring wide receiver. I think other than last year, he, he was a thousand yard seasons for the last two or three seasons before that. So he's a very, very safe bet. And you know, the hope you hope that he can be just as productive in New York. CD Lamb, I think is one of those really, really exciting players. You can see, you know, with that dream catch that he made um, and he's got, you know, raw speed and athleticism. I think he's, I would, I would push him up, but we'll, we'll come on to that when we compare him with the next guy on the list. He was on pace to keep up with Justin Jefferson before Dak went injured. Again, it's his second year. Second year can be huge for a lot of players. I disagree with the fact that he's going to go above Amari Cooper. I don't think he's the wide receiver one in that team by any stretch. Um, so I think that limits that limits him. And I think Dak's always going to pick Cooper over him. But you know, he's that he's that deep threat, and and he's got the athleticism and the ability, and he's an exciting player. So yeah, yeah, I like Bam. Who have you got next? Next is probably I was thinking about this. I would say the complete opposite of Lamb. Possibly as a player, he is one of the most boring receivers on paper. But uh, it's Adam Thielen. I think he's really good. I think he's got a good pair of hands. I think he's consistent. He runs routes really well. He's clearly got that sort of veteran-like way about him. And if we look back to the draft last year. Thielen, obviously this was pre-Jefferson, Thielen was arguably would have been on the first list for some people. He'd have been top 12. Mm. You know, he would have been an out-and-out wide receiver one, great pair of hands. You know, Vikings aren't exceptional, but I think I think Cousins is here nor there. He's a fine QB. I mentioned last week, I think he's a bit underrated. To be honest, Thielen and Lamb, if you swapped him around, I wouldn't be that bothered. The only reason I'm going for Thielen over Lamb is because the Cowboys just give me that fear. Because when you've got an offense like the Cowboys, where you've got three players, and I know obviously Vikings have three too, but you've got three players who are all looking to break out, are all probably going into big seasons in their career where they could all have monster, you know, Zeke, Cooper, and him. I feel like there's going to be chop and change. I think Lamb could have a great chunk of the season, but I can't see him having a great, you know, all 17 games, I can't see him being great all the time. Whereas I can see Thielen getting literally double digits more or less every game. And I think if you're looking for a wide receiver too, he's just going to take over. Yeah, I agree. I actually agree with this placement. Um, I don't agree with the, the, the two of them being the slow down, <laughs> but I do agree with the orientation of it. Thielen will get 15 to 20 points every week and then go off against the Seahawks like last year. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so yeah I really like Thielen he's really reliable it, is he going to be there in two seasons nah is CD Lamb CD Lamb's going to you know if CD Lamb carries on the trajectory he's on he's going to be like seriously important if you're looking at Dynasty Leagues then oh yeah definitely Dynasty is way uh, way up there but Thielen is definitely still reliable does a job really runs re- routes ridiculously well is always open when he needs to be open catches the ball well He's got a flair player with him now, Justin Jefferson, who I don't think it's going to take too much off him because they're they're very different players. I'd like I would put Justin Jefferson as very similar to CeeDee Lamb, as you said, opposite sort of player. So I think that um, it's not it's not going to be too much competition there. Um, he's just going to carry on getting points and occasionally go off. So I, I agree with that. I do think both of them should be in the mid teens, but uh, we can discuss that at the end. But yeah, <laughs> I agree with your placement. Yeah, I, I'm. A, I agree with Sam. To be honest, I, I said earlier that I would put I would put Lamb up, but um, there's no way I'm putting him above Thielen because I think Thielen's that sort of. No one really wants to pick him, but you can see, you know, he's he's well up there, definitely in the wide receiver two category. He was um he was seventh overall in wide receivers last year, which really surprised me. I didn't think he would be anywhere near that high, but he was a wide receiver one last year in any league you're in. Because of because of that bloody game against the Seahawks, Adam. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, and actually, yeah, you talk about Justin Jefferson. I think Justin Jefferson, if anything, spreads the field for him and allows him to work in those intermediate to slant route, uh, you know, slant routes, intermediate routes in the slot. Um, so I think he can be rep- 
productive again. I think he's on the decline. I don't think he'll do as well as he did last year. He won't get up to those numbers. I don't think, you know, I do can't see him having a, you know, complete breakout game like he had it against the Seahawks. But, but yeah, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have Lau above him. No. Or keeping him as it is. But next one, I have a feeling he's going to drop down. He's DJ Moore. I, I really like him as a player out of fancy context. I really like him. I think he's really a really good player. I can't see many faults with his game. He's got good hands. He's reasonably quick. He runs routes well. He doesn't ever seem to get, you know, be out of a game. He seems to always be in and there. And I think this is going to be his year. I think towards the back end of last year, he started to sort of push ahead of Anderson. Obviously, Anderson was top 10 for ages. And then I think more might have ended up on more points than him in the end. Um, I think he's really talented. I think a new QB might shake things up a bit in Carolina. But, um, you know, I think, it, no, I like him. And in a fancy context, I think he's got the potential to outperform Thielen. But on a consistency basis, probably not. But, you know, I just, yeah, he could easily be not in the list. But I just think above the other three, there's just a little more to him for me. Yeah, I think I would I would push Thielen slightly above DJ Moore. Um in my opinion, simply because DJ, I would, you know, I would say is probably the outright wide receiver one there. I, I don't think Robbie overtakes him. You know, people were hyping over Robbie last year, um, Robbie Anderson, and he still didn't really get near DJ Moore. Um, if D, the reason why I'm moving DJ Moore down is because you just don't know what the connection with um, with Sam Darnold's going to be. And, you know, Sam Darnold could well come in, see what Robbie Anderson did last year and say, you know, I'm going to utilise that asset and throw the ball to him, whereas there's less risk with feeling. So, yeah, I, I would push more down and feeling up. Yeah, I don't I don't like DJ Moore as, as, he, as much as either of you, I don't think. You, the way you spoke about him then was he, he doesn't make many mistakes. Uh, you never see him out. Uh, you always see him in. The, he's always in the game. When we're speaking about Thielen and Lamb, we're like, they're consistent. They're going to get points. They're there in the end zone. Lamb's going to make silly catches. I see them both above DJ Moore. And I'm rogue suggestion for me from me is that we we bump both of them because I see Thielen and Lamb very close. We bump both of them above DJ Moore because I, I I do think DJ Moore is better than Goddard, and I do think he belongs in the list actually because he is good and his hands are very good and he's a bit he's a bit bigger and he, he can get himself around. But I think Thielen and Lamb are, are better players all round comfortably. Well, all, all three of them have been up and down the list. And to be honest, I'm not I'm not against many of these players swapping around. And I think in this case, all three of them have got their benefits. But I, I would be happy to drop DJ Moore to 23 and move the other two up. I, I don't know about Lamb. Again, I think we're, you know, slaves to the hype a little bit in that, you know, he's really exciting and he's young and he's, you know, he's got Dak back. So, he's, he's you know, he's going to be amazing. The Cowboys are, you know, not an amazing team. They weren't great last year. You know, Dak is an amazing quarterback and Lamb's clearly got the talent. But I think even with the hype that he had coming out of college, Lamb didn't really meet that expectation. I would definitely, I'd, I'd move feeling over more. But the, the other thing we haven't spoken about with Moore is he, he missed some games last year, still came above Robbie Anderson. And actually, he hasn't got Curtis Samuel to deal with anymore. So he's got maybe slightly more targets from that um my ploy to you Alex was I wouldn't get on this hype train of of CD Lamb doing completely amazing things because he could quite well disappoint us again I think a happy compromise would be to swap Thielen and, and yeah around. I think I think if if we're not if it's not resounding then we we just go as we do with the normal list I think maybe Thielen Thielen goes above more this next player is a jump for me is a jump compared to the ones below them I'm gonna. This will be the best thing Sam will hear on the pod. Probably the best slot guy in the league. Probably. Cole best Beasley. Th- Where's Cole Beasley on that list? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Tyler Lockett at number 20. I really like him. As a player, you know, obviously being a Cards fan, I get to watch him twice a year. His hands are just so safe. I would throw my newborn child to him and he would definitely catch it. He's... <laughs> such a good player problem is in a fantasy context I think he's really really limited I think last season we'd have had him like Thielen we'd have had him way way up but I think he's limited and I think he's limited by the fact that Russell Wilson gets sacked a lot 
DK is probably going to have a killer season. Seahawks are an offense full of players that are, you know, they're talented. They've got a good, good running back, decent tight end, decent receivers, a QB who will run with the ball. I just think the locket is limited. And he's limited to 15, 20 points as a ceiling, but he's very consistent. And I think as a wide receiver too, he's he's perfect because he's going to get you points. He's just going to, he's going to play so many snaps. He's going to catch the ball. And in a PPR league, that's that's ideal, I think. I like him a lot when I watch him and you, when the ball's going his way, it's not like you just feel, I just feel so confident when you, when I'm watching him play and I know the ball's going to lock it. It's like, ah, oh, how many yards we got? It's not like when the ball goes to DK, it's like, well, this could either be a hundred yard touchdown or it could be a drop when it goes to Tyler. It's like, well, he's caught it and he's going to get, I am realistic though on his ceiling because DK, I think is definitely going to be the wide receiver one that might, that might be wrong. Um, but I think that's definitely the prediction that, that we can make there and Russell uh, has been declined last couple of years he has started both of the previous two seasons as QB1 contenders for the first seven eight weeks so he's still got it in him it's it's just how hurt he gets in those seven eight weeks that then limits him for the rest of the season yeah I really like him he catches pretty much everything that comes to him but he does definitely have a limited ceiling but consistency is is good with him I don't think there's any doubt that we're we're keeping him above Thielen, who we just moved up. You know, oh yeah, yeah, no, no. I doubt. don't think Thielen comes in any question. I think there is a big jump now um, up to Lockett. I think people are sleeping on Lockett a little bit. Um, I don't, I don't doubt that DK Metcalf will get significantly more points than Lockett. I just think you know with those chunk plays that DK Metcalf gets, you know, can get six, seven points in a play, can't he? So I don't, I don't think Lockett is near him but I also don't think there's going to be a massive change from next year I think the the two outcomes are they're very very similar to how they were last year Lockett is involved in the offense DK is involved in the offense they're both very good or Russell Wilson falls to pieces and neither of them are that good um which I think might break your heart a little bit Sam but I think it you know could could well happen but I think I don't expect it to and I think if Russell Wilson does what he normally does every year, you know, let Russ cook, throw the ball a bit. Um, I think Lockett's heavily involved. I think he's always heavily involved. I think they've got a really strong connection there. He's been there for a while. I can't see Lockett just, I can't see Russell Wilson just throwing to DK Metcalf, you know, entirely and ignoring Lockett just because, you know, just because this hype, I think Lockett's going to stick around and be very good for, you know, at least, at least this season, if not the next couple of seasons. I compare him very similarly to the, to the next guy you've got on the list, Alex. Yeah, this is this was a tough one. These were two that at swapped around a lot and were both up and down the list. Well, not really further down than they are, but it's Godwin. <sighs> He's a tough one to place. I think Tampa receivers, are, you know, that set of receivers is could be crazy. I think most people think Tampa will fall off, but I think it's undeniable in a fantasy context. Pretty much all of their players are viable, at least sort of secondary options. But yeah, I like Godwin. I think he's going to have a better ceiling than Lockett. I think he's got more chance of these 20 plus pointers. I think he's got, I wouldn't say a better QB, but a safer QB throwing to him. Yes, Brady's obviously one day going to fall off, but I don't think it'll be this year. And I think that the offense is designed for these receivers to catch the ball. And I think Godwin is used for those sort of short plays to get the ball moving, to get the ball up, up the field. And he's going to catch the ball. And in a PPR league, he's significantly higher than he would be in a, in a different format because he just catches the ball. Yes, he doesn't get exceptional yards. His big downfall and something that could easily put him off this list is that he's basically not getting any targets in the red zone because of another guy on this list who's further up. That's the big problem. Same with Lockett, though. I think Lockett's in the exact same boat. He's not going to get that many red zone targets. He'll get an okay amount, but it's not going to be exceptional because when you've got the receivers you've got, you're just going to throw to them. But no, I like Godwin. I He's one of those players, though, that I probably wouldn't pick. I know that sounds silly, but we're not doing lists for ourselves per se, but we're doing it in a fancy context. I don't actually think I'd pick him, but I think overall he's a really good pick and I think 19 is probably fair. I think that Lockett is above him. I, I, I am realistic on Lockett's ceiling. He's, he doesn't jump up this list much further. Um, 
but I think he is better than Godwin. I think when you look at it, he's better on more or less everything. His hands are definitely better. He's a better route runner. Um, he is going to get a few more targets in the red zone. Neither of them are going to be big red zone targets there, let's be honest. Um, I, I think that everyone's a little bit scared of Russell, and we have talk, talked about this a bit. He's in the decline a bit. I think he's too good to fall to shit. Oh, I, agree. I yeah, do think that I do think that he is on the decline. He's not. He's still a top ten QB. He's probably still a top seven or eight QB. I don't think he's a top three or four QB um, that he was the last couple of years. But there's a lot of scare of him falling to shit, and I don't think that's going to happen. And oh my god, Tom Brady has to eventually give up, doesn't he? Just, no, no. just go to sleep. He is a Super Bowl. <laughs> and uh, for me, I think Lockett is technically better, and therefore the the scare element for me with Russ falling to pieces isn't there. I think he he slots just above Godwin. I concur. I think you've got risk with both of these players. They're very, very similar. You've got risk with Lockett, with Russell Wilson not doing what he normally does. I don't think he just falls apart. I think he could have a a less productive season this year. And I think you've got risks with Godwin, particularly just getting lost in the crowd a little bit, Um, you know, with the talent they've got around him. I would push Lockett above Godwin, personally. Yeah, Um, yeah, it's it's a very very tricky one again with a lot of players on this list it can be really really tight but Lockett for me I just I cannot see him unless Seahawks completely fall off a cliff I can't see him not doing well um, and Godwin will just be consistent like they're, they're both going to be good they're both going to be good I, I would put Lockett over Godwin simple as that yeah I think that's fair enough it, like I said they've, they've been near the side of each other I think this middle pack this sort of I would say from sort of more feeling more upwards to like 15, that's a really tough, that's where it gets really tough. And I think that this is a tough, yeah, I'm happy for Lockett to go to 19 and, and Godwin 20. At 18 is someone I really like. And that's Robert Woods. Obviously I wrote this list before Cam Akers injury. So I guess it kind of maybe pushes him up slightly, but like we said, not significantly. My main problem with him and I know most people would put him and Cup basically next to each other, is that he's 29. Cup's 28, fair enough. He's 29. His skill set is not exactly that of a player who I think will do well on the decline. I think he sort of relies on that. He's quite, you know, he's reasonably athletic. He's not rapid, but he's strong and he moves well and he runs routes well. He's got a good pair of hands. I just think that age might just hold him back from being insanely good whereas I think every single player above him has the potential to be insanely good I don't think Woods does but I do think he edges out Godwin and Lockett because he'll get more red zone targets I think he might even get more targets in general and I think he has a little bit more potential but not by much yeah have you got Cup in this list? yeah yeah See, I, I would I would put Woods as the resounding wide receiver one. Well, maybe not resounding, but the wide receiver one um, for the Rams. I I think, again, it's this hype behind Stafford being loads better than, than Jared Goff, which I don't necessarily think he is, but I think he is an improvement. Um, yeah, Woods is one of those, you know, year after year, we're putting him, you know, around in the top 20 wide receivers. Um, very productive. Um, I think he'll have a good connection with Stafford. I think he'll do well. I, I would push him quite a bit higher up, and I, w- I would have him above Cup. Just yeah, he, he definitely goes above Lockett. Um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I agree. I think he, I think he comes above Cup as well. I do worry for both of them because they are very similar in standard. I'm not sure that, as you said, Adam, there's a standout wide receiver one. It's definitely mm-hmm. not standout for me. And you've got a new quarterback, so if he takes a liking to one of them and not the other, then you, you could be shafted a bit. It's a bit of a risk. Somewhat. So he's going to get picked either. Both of them are going to get picked in the first two or three rounds, maybe no, three or four rounds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and wherever they go in those three or four rounds, it's going to be a risk because you could be two wide receivers of a similar standard. Anything could happen. I think in some ways it's a risk because of the new QB, and that's kind of like a little bit of a narrative, like, oh, new quarterback there. But you look at what Stafford did. You know, I don't think Stafford's a risky quarterback. I think he's 
a very talented and accurate thrower, actually, Stafford. So I think they'll do okay. And I think actually the fact that him and Cooper Cup are so similar might help them in some ways in that they're probably going to stay similar. You can't see one of them taking off and leaving the other one less relevant. But that's what I'm saying. I think you can't. It's the same quarterbacks behind them. You like it's not going to happen. But how many times do you Stafford's see a quarterback? Nothing. Sorry. I. It's, if anything, I think Stafford's an improvement. I think Stafford. He's, oh, de- yeah. def- he's definitely an improvement. But how often do you see a quarterback just get just just link up with one player? It just happens so often, and I find it really strange. It does happen, and it seems to come out of nowhere sometimes. So even though they're very similar players and they're very close, if Stafford likes one of them, you could see a not so good season for the other. I just, for me, and I'll get on to it, why Cup is significantly higher than Woods is because of the fact they've got a new QB. And I think if you're looking at them as a pair, I think Cup's got the potential to take off and leave Woods behind as that Tyler Lockett's, you know, sort of safe hands. Because I think Cup is, I think he's more athletic. I think he's more interesting. I think he can, I just think he does more interesting things than Woods does. And I think from a fantasy perspective, if you're picking between them, like you said, there's barely anything to pick between them. I'd chase someone like Cup, who I think could pop off. And the year is no, obviously a year age difference is nothing. But I think that I think Cup showed for me more moments of, wow, what a receiver than Woods did. And that's just and I was also, you know, I know we talk about the running through cones videos, but he has actually looked. Some of those videos that have come out of LA, he's actually Cooper Cups looked quite impressive. I tell you what, when this podcast go, gets famous, we're definitely going to have to do a uh, running through cones video, all three of us, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> I'd, back I'd back myself on that. <laughs> yeah, same. Bring it out. I, I wouldn't. Tag, tag, tag all the players and just be like, this, this is a piece of piss. Sort yourselves out. <laughs> so, are we keeping Woods, Woods above Godwin? Uh, yeah. Woods above Lockett, I think. Next is the player who absolutely talent-wise does not belong at 17 is Julio Jones. Talent-wise, this guy is not 17. Fantasy-wise, I get what you mean, Adam. For me, he is too good. He is too good to not be picked in the first four rounds. He just is. And I think that, is he going to have an insane season? No. But even when Ridley started becoming wide receiver one in Atlanta and he had a significantly weaker team around him, he was still amazing at times. And I think the Titans are going to have a great year. And I think lots of teams have proved that wide receiver twos can work and that they can get points. And I think Julio's just going to, if he gets straight in week one and is playing every week, you telling me that he's going to get outperformed by Godwin and Lockett. I just can't see it happening. And for me, I think putting him at 17 was difficult, but I think it's probably fair. No. No. Three. Look, fuck am I going to be watching the Tennessee Titans next year? Like, they are, you know, as a a Titans fan must be so excited right now. Um, Licking their lips. Fantasy-wise, I think he's, you know, basically maybe a flex option. If you know, if you want, you know, nothing tells me he's going to be a productive wide receiver two in fantasy. I think he he finished wide receiver forty nine last year, and yes, he had injury problems. But I think injury problems will probably even get worse with age. I can't. I he finished wide wide receiver forty forty nine last year. Let's say he doesn't get injured, so he finishes wide receiver twenty five. I don't know. I don't care. I think the situation is worse in Tennessee. It's a massively run-heavy offense. And they've got A.J. Brown, who's one of the most exciting wide receivers to come out in the last five years. Yeah. I just don't, I just don't, you know, I would I would have him on the, I would have him on the wide receiver twos list just because I just can't, you know, I can't see the likes of Golladay, Devonta Smith, you know, Claypool going above Julio Jones for the same reasons you've put him at 17, just because, you know, he's just too good. And, you know, you almost, because he is so good and it's been such a, such an icon for the league over the last god you know 10 years or so you almost just ear on you know you ear on the side of productivity rather than saying he's just going to fall off a cliff in a new team and there's the risk but i, I you know he watched you 49 this year and he's up to 17 i just i can't you know i put i put woods ahead of him we're out, my, we're out. 
thinking twice. My main argument, because I knew you were going to say, is is Thielen, right? Thielen is basically Julio Jones, but worse position-wise. He's got an exciting wide receiver one. He's got uh, one of the best running backs in the league on his team. Massively run-heavy offense. But I think Jones is clear as day better than Thielen. And for me, I couldn't justifiably put Jones close to him in the list for me. All right. You, you can... You... Yeah, hang on. Let me just let me just. Make there you go. <laughs> I, think, I think the Vikings, the Vikings and the Titans. If you're looking from a very far away distance, are very similar. But actually, you know, not you know, not really. I think I think yes, the Vikings are run a heavy offense. Yes, the Titans are run a heavy offense. And they're putting teams like you know, talk about the Browns that are like it as well. Um, but I think the Titans are very run heavy, so they can set up the play action, which is gonna go to AJ Brown. I can't see Julio Jones at his age with his in you know his injuries bursting down on on go routes going all the way down the sideline and making unbelievable I just I just can't see it happening when he's got AJ Brown the other side of him. All right, my turn. <laughs> Sorry. Get get ballsy with this. As a fa- this is a this is a perfect example of how lists differ when you're talking about skill of player and fantasy prospects. Yeah. You, for me, you need to get balls or you need to let someone else make this mistake. I am leaving this bloke on the board. He's going way before I'm picking him up. I'm completely with you. He's another player like Godwin who I put higher because I can't justifiably put him below these people, but I won't be touching him with a barge pole. Yeah. I will not be picking him. For me, he doesn't seem as fantasy relevant to me as three or maybe four players below him in this list. And I get why you've made the decision to, to bump him up to this point, but I do feel like you've made that decision because he's an incredible player, but not because you think he's going to be that good fantasy-wise. I just think he's got significantly more potential. Think about it. He's a wide receiver too, and think about all the other wide receiver twos on this list. Julio Jones could get a 25, 30-point week. The other guys just couldn't. And we no, were I, debating the other day whether or not he would actually be the wide receiver one. You know, I agree with the fact that he'll get 30 points. But I think on a standard week, Julio Jones is getting about seven. Seven. I'd give him I think on a standard, on a standard, you know, bog standard, I say he doesn't go off, you know, doesn't catch any touchdowns. I think he gets, you know, five receptions for ten yards or something. Where are you putting him then, Adam? Where are you? I I would put him I would put him on the wide receiver twos list. Um or maybe on my list, he'd maybe be 25. I'd maybe have Devonta Smith in at 24 and then, and then move him to 25. But again, I'm, I wouldn't, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm going to take Brandon Ayuk ahead of Julio Jones because that's mental. But I wouldn't have him at 17. I, don't, I just don't think, I think he is pure. He's just, you know, what what's his ceiling? What's his ceiling? He's not going to do what he did you know, he, he got wide receiver 49 last year, and he's not going to do that this year. You know, what, what's his ceiling? Maybe his ceiling is probably a 30-point game and then maybe consistently like 13 points, which is not amazing. Which is better than pretty much every other wide receiver below him, I think. Godwin is not going to do that. Godwin's going to get 13 points a week. Godwin's going to get 13 points a week, maybe a 20-point game. Jones gets 13 points a week, maybe a 30-point game. For me, I don't mind him going down a bit, but he cannot go down below the likes. He cannot go down below CD Lamb. He cannot go below Thielen. He can't go below DJ Moore for crying out loud. It just can't happen. Uh, yeah, I twenty. I, I say I twenty. Want, yeah, I want him. I want Lockett and Godwin above him. Yeah. Okay, twenty then. I'm ha- I'm happy for him to slot in at twenty and the other. Yeah. That, the, yeah. There's that big drop off between um, Thielen and Lockett and Godwin. Thielen and then Lockett and Godwin. And I think he definitely is worse than Lockett. But I think he fills that little gap we've got there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, definitely Woods and Lockett above him. I would say Godwin and more above him. And then Lamb's a risk and he is a risk. But yeah, yeah, let's stick, let's stick him at 20 and move Woods up. Okay. Next player is, and um, this is my opinion of him, the most overlooked an underrated player going into fantasy next year is Odell. 
<laughs> I just, I've, when you started talking about him, I forgot who was next. I looked at the list and I thought, oh, shit, we're in for one here. <laughs> now, I completely understand people's reservations. He's coming back from a big injury, right? And you're possibly going to make the argument, I'm putting him up because he's talented. Fair enough. But Dak's coming back from a massive injury and people are putting him top five QBs. This guy, last season, he had a 50-point game, for crying out loud. He played... He had one 50-point game. Yeah, he played six games last season, got injured, right? That's hardly his fault. I just... The ceiling it on is. this guy... It is. He's 95. <laughs> it's not... Yeah, but the ceiling on the ceiling on this guy is just... I think, in, I think he's just an insane player who... Would you really? You're faced with picking Godwin or Odell. Godwin. Who are you picking? You're picking Godwin. You know he's he's <laughs> the same age as Cooper Cup, right? He's younger than Robert Woods. He's so talented. He's in a good team with a good O line. I think Baker Mayfield will improve. I don't think he'll be exceptional, but I think he'll improve. And I just think he's an out and out wide receiver one who has the potential if he stays fit for an entire year I just can't I, he could be a top 10 receiver if he stays fit the whole year gets targets because he's going to get so many targets and he's got a great pair of hands and I think he's overlooked now I get people I've seen some lists have him at like 30 but I have seen lists have him at like 16, 17 I just really like him and I will definitely be picking him up if he's still available in the fourth round 100% you will definitely be picking him up yeah. If he's, uh, <laughs> that. No, I think he'll go. I think in, in drafts he'll go. Our league, our league will go. Because of who he is, he's going to go in a lot of drafts, and probably before I'll even touch him. But no, I, I really like him. And I'll say that he'll be I um, I think he's sort of in a similar place to how he was last year. Everyone sort of forgot about him last year in our draft, and I ended up picking him, picking him up in round five or six or something. Um, and. The one thing of fantasy that I would say and any advice I would give is you don't want to be asking questions of yourself. You don't want to be thinking, ooh, could he could he do well this week? You know, you don't you want to be able to say, you know, you're surefire gonna get fifteen points and OBJ is not one of these players. He's just a massive risk. And you know, if you're brave enough to take him, then fine. But you're risking the fact that he's actually gonna be fit for the whole season which I think is very unlikely, you know, at best he's going to miss one or two games. And you're also risking, you know, this whole Landry, you know, Landry, Chubb, Hunt, Austin Hooper's on that offense as well. Yeah. Like, it's like there's so many options Who? there. And ba- Baker Mayfield, I think for him, it's a make or break season this year. Um, and, I, I, you know, OBJ could, he could be a productive wide receiver too. And I would have him in the wide receiver two list because of that ceiling that you mentioned. But uh, for me, I'm not going near him. And, and I definitely have at least the likes of Woods and Lockett above him. I'm sorry, Alex. He's not. He's just not. <laughs> um, it, this is a really difficult list and it's down to a lot of personal preference. I think you'll be picking up OBJ before me and Adam. Well, yeah, but I don't think he'll even make it. to. I think he'll get picked early fourth round because really? of who he is. We have some crazy picks in our league, um, so it's very possible. But I agree with Adam. I think he, he drops below Godwin and Lockett. Is that what you said, Godwin and Lockett? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's where I'd put him. So, yeah, so he's, going, he's going, what, 19? So he's sliding just above Jones. No, I'd put him, I'd put him, um, I'd put him at 18. And I, I, I'd put him just above Godwin because of that ceiling. Yeah, OK. Yeah, I'm happy with that. I think with wide receiver two, it's the position I believe you can take your big risk in because you could easily pick up a wide receiver in round six or seven. You could pick up Marvin Jones or you could pick up I don't know, Antonio Brown or someone like that. And they could very easily slot in as your, or Devontae Parker. You could easily slot in as your wide receiver too. So but, I think for me, if you're going to take a risk, this is the position to do it because the people below are not exactly like if you don't get them, you're massively missing out on anyone. Yeah, it, depend, it depends who you get for your first wide receiver. If you pick up yeah. DK Metcalf your first wide receiver, you want a solid pair of hands as well. Oh, wide definitely. Like, you're not picking up DK Metcalf and then OBJ. That'd be silly. Um, so it depends who you pick up. Yeah, if you pick up, like, 
Devontae Adams. Yeah, Devontae Adams or Hopkins, who gets just yeah. loads of catches, then you can maybe go OBJ. But I still wouldn't go OBJ. Even then, I wouldn't go OBJ. Yeah, I'm happy with 18. Um, who have you got at 15, Alex? At 15, uh, I've got Cooper Cup. Yeah, yeah. Literally, for the reasons I said, I think that I think that that's now we've sort of pushed. Now we've pushed OBJ and Jones out of the way. Him and Woods are next to each other, which is fantastic. <laughs> I think you can't pick between them. And my main reason is I think Cup's more athletic. I think he's got more potential. I think he's got bigger upside. And I don't think him or Woods have got really much downside. They are exactly who you pick if you have DK Metcalf as your wide receiver one. Cooper Cup is who you pick because he is cool as you like, great pair of hands, great route runner, quite quick, you know, athletic, you know, moves well. Yeah, I I think that, yeah, I think I would probably put Woods above Cup, but I see them as very similar and we've been a bit mean with your picks so far. I think I'm happy with them uh, as they are at the minute. Uh, yeah, those two, I, I, I think are very, very, very close. I think that they are like a bit of a risk, as I said earlier, just because new quarterback, if he likes one, not the other, then yada, 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 we've discussed that. I'm happy with them in the order they are. No, no, they're <laughs> ruthless. I'm not having it. Cup is the wide receiver two in that offense. I can sort of, I can sort of understand the argument there's a new quarterback and he might just pick one, but I think that's a little bit out there. You know, you look at the numbers last year. Cup Cup had 40 less points than Woods last year, which is at least a couple of points every week worse. Cup Fairly. also missed. He missed. He was injured for the for the last game for their last game against the Cards. Right. So that's again, that a game out. But I, I just I just think Woods is Woods is the better receiver. But it's up to you, Alex. Are you, are you sticking with your guns or are you moving Woods up? I'm sticking to my guns. Cooper okay. Cup's better. Cooper Cup's a better wide receiver for next year. I think, but only very, very marginally. Uh, we've been, we've, we've hacked his list apart. He wants yeah. to keep, he wants to keep Cup above Woods. We'll, we'll let him, we'll let him. <laughs> Do you want to move Cup up any higher, Alex? Who have you got next? You move no, up? I don't, I don't think Cup goes any higher. And I actually think that these two players for me are, there's a massive gap for me. Mm-hmm. Because both of these are the only two players in this entire list who I could justifiably put in the top 12. That's how I see it. I'm surprised that, that number 13 wasn't in the top 12, but um, 14, I've got Amari Cooper. I know you mentioned C.D. Lamb, but he's the wide receiver one in Dallas. He's got Dak throwing to him. He has got a brilliant pair of hands. I don't think there's one negative thing about his game. He's that, you know, obviously he's not on the level of Hopkins or, you know, the people in the other list, but I think... From a fantasy perspective, he's going to catch the ball. He's going to receive the ball. He's going to run the run routes. He's got Dak throwing to him, and I think he also gets quite a few end zone targets. And he did pretty well last year. I really like him, and I think he is significantly better than Lamb, and I think he's significantly better than everyone below him. And I'd happily pick him up as my wide receiver too. I'm very glad we didn't move Cup behind Woods because now we have a 13 Cooper and at 14 Cup, and that's just really fun. Um, I yeah it's a big jump and I agree that he is very good the only downside is CD Lamb is also really good and Dak Prescott <laughs> is back from a serious injury of which his leg bent in ways that we didn't know legs could bend so um, you, you don't know but his standard and his ability is yeah that, I think that they're the reasons that he's not in the top 12 like as in I'm not arguing that he should be yeah. they're the reasons he's not in the top 12 as opposed to they're the reasons why he shouldn't be at uh, 14 he, he should be he should be there I'm happy with him he's a big there's a big jump between him and Cup so yeah yeah yeah. Amari Cooper's one of those who just um, sort of floats around every year and, and is on the fringe of wide receiver 1 or wide receiver 2 um, I assume the guy you've got above him is Mike Evans seeing as you mentioned the, the touchdown targets earlier yeah um, I would personally put Cooper above Evans well we need to decide if that's... Cooper stays above Cup first Oh, so 2% above cut that, that's a right question I think this opinion is me being ballsy I would say I would say that me me expecting Cooper to have a big year and that and that Dak to Amari Cooper um, relationship grows and and it's just as good as it has been over the years um, when it comes back from injury. I expect that to happen. And for me, Evans, again, in that wide receiver group, he might get lost in the crowd a little bit. And I think Evans is, you know, two touchdown dependent 
a little bit. You can, you know, if Bucks decide to start running it from the five yard line because they think it's less of a risk and they're in some more tight games and they don't want to just throw the ball into the end zone and go for Evans and loop it up and hope that he wins it. Maybe they have a bit of a change of tactic there. And in which case, I don't think it's likely, but in which case Evans would would really drop off because he's so touchdown dependent. Whereas I think Cooper has the element of being targeted um, in the red zone, but also has the big chunk plays and also has some intermediate and slot routes. So, so for me, although it's slightly ballsy call, I, I, I think I'd have Cooper above Evans. But I think if you if you're trying to play it safe, you, you go Evans over Cooper. Are we talking? Um... We're talking Cooper, Cooper Evans now. We've decided that Cooper's above Cup. Yeah, Cooper's above Cup. So, so we're talking Evans, right? And my justification is that this guy gets red zone targets coming out of his ass. It's unbelievable. I, I watched Tampa play the Bears last year, and it was just silly how it, it was just the ball was going to him so often. And he's going to catch it because he's got a good pair of hands. And I don't think he gets lost in the shuffle. I think he's out and out the best receiver in Tampa. And I think that you've got Mr. Red Zone at quarterback, you know, one of the best throwers of the ball, we, you know, in the league still, even at his age. Throwing even at 163. To, throwing to Mike Evans. I think that the ceiling is, he's a strange one, actually, because he doesn't get those 40 pointers, even though he's an absolute touchdown machine. He just gets those 25 pointers because he just catches the ball in the end zone. And I think he's just going to outperform everyone below him. And I think he could be in that top 12. I think he could even be about 10th is about as high as I'd probably put him. He could easily be, easily be above McLaurin. who's in the list above him. I think he's really good. And I think as a, I think as a wide receiver too, he'd be a great pickup, but him and Cooper are significantly better than the ones below him. So I wouldn't mind them swapping, but I do my, like Evans more. My point, And I actually agree with Adam. I think Cooper should be above Evans Ooh. is because last year, you had three, four, maybe five, I don't know exactly, games where Godwin was the go-to guy. And it was just like Godwin. And, and like Dave had Godwin. And I remember speaking to him, Dave's in our league. I'm sure he'll come up in the podcast at some point. Um, and he would just be so frustrated because he'd play in one week and he'd get three points. And he'd play in the next week and he'd get 40. And then Evans wouldn't get a look in. So that would be my only caveat. And that would be like, both these guys are really good. And Evans is absolutely better than Godwin, no doubt. It's just, he will have a couple of weeks here and there where he gets fuck all. And that's not going to happen to Mario Cooper. No matter how good CD Lamb gets, Mario Cooper is still going to catch a lot of balls. Yeah, I think that's fair enough, to be honest. For me, like I said, as long as those two stayed at 13 and 14, I was happy because I think that they've got, they're two very different sides. It, it Like, you know, this list is so dependent on your perspective. If you like someone who could pop off and get quite literally three touchdowns in a game and score you 30 points, you go for Evans. If you want someone who you can whack in your team, close your eyes, wake up the next morning and he's got yeah, 15, 20, 25 points, you go for Cooper. And it's two sides of the coin. Evans, for me, is just less of a risk. Like we mentioned, Dak coming off of a big injury, C.D. Lamb, Zeke. I think Evans is the main prong in the offense in Tampa, especially when it comes to the red zone. And if Tampa have the season that they were having at the back end last year, he could be insane. But I think a lot of people think they probably won't. So obviously there's that risk. So are you okay for, for yeah. swapping those two over then? Yeah, just about. Okay. Okay. Do any of us have the final list written down? I have, I have the final list. I have written it down. Um, so from 13 to 24, we start off with a bit of a risk with Amari Cooper. Uh, then we've got Mike Evans, Cooper Cup coming in at 15, Robert Woods at 16, uh, then Tyler Lockett, Odell Bell, Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Belkham. Odell Beckham. Um, Chris Goblin at 19, Jones at 20. Feeling at 21, DJ Moore at 22, CD Lamb 23, and, and Kenny Galladay wraps up our list at 24. I tell you what, it was a tough list that you came to us with, and we did shuffle it around, but I'm actually quite happy with our result there. Yeah, I think, to be honest, if you if we record this podcast tomorrow, my list will change again. I just think it's the hardest list to write. And to be honest, yeah. you've both of you have convinced me over certain picks, but I'm still high on Odell. I'm still high on Cup. Um, and I'll be picking them both up and winning the league because I'm currently 100% final finishes and I'll maintain <laughs> it. Maintain it with Odell at the helm. 
Enjoy. Okay. Enjoy those two <laughs> players. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks very much, boys. Um, as I say every week, if you, you enjoy the podcast, if you're one of our nine established listeners, then um, then feel free to tell your friends and get people involved. Because um, Feel free to we'll be... drop us a message as well if you're one of, yeah, a, one yeah, of our special yeah, nine. Yeah, we've, got, we've got the Twitter account set up, so yeah, send us a DM and, um, and spread the pod around. We've um, we've got an exciting couple of weeks coming up. We'll be looking at doing a mock draft next week uh, or next time we've got a podcast. We'll have we'll have Sam with the QB and tight ends list, and then we'll do a mock draft and we'll get into the season. And- it's hotting up. It's hotting up now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks, lads. We'll see you soon. Cheers.